Jesus made clear the connection between an intimate relationship with him and obedience when he said, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. In the Old Testament, King Saul learned the hard way that obedience is better than sacrifice. After defeating the Amalekites, he disobeyed the Lord and kept some of the livestock for himself. He justified his actions by sacrificing some of the sheep. The prophet Samuel rebuked Saul by saying, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. Are you walking in obedience to Jesus and his commands? I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. The relationship between obedience and abundance on today's edition of Something Good Radio. Hello and welcome to this Friday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian Davis. I'm so glad you've joined us. You were created to have the abundant, joyful Christian life. But in order to live that life, you have a choice to make. Today, Ron shares the secret to abundance as he continues his series, Why Jesus? Seven reasons he is still the one and only. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From his teaching series, Why Jesus? Seven reasons he is still the one and only. Here's Ron and part two of his message, The True Vine. You can be in relationship with him and you, you can you know, have, have a security about your eternal destiny and you're a part of the family of God and you're going to heaven. But you can, you can be living on a daily basis out of fellowship with him. And what breaks our fellowship with Jesus? What, what, what makes the branch disconnect from the vine? It's sin and disobedience. In fact, Jesus talks about um, some of the dangers of not abiding, of not remaining connected to him. He says in verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, listen to this, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, that'll make you take a couple of steps back and say, wow, what's that all about? And some people have moved too quickly to say, well, this is talking about losing your salvation. No, I don't think it's about losing your salvation. I think it's talking about losing your rewards in heaven. Because there are two judgments that are mentioned in the Bible. Uh, one is called the great white throne judgment. And this happens uh, at the end of the age, Revelation chapter 20. It's when all the believers of all the nations, tribes, and tongues, and ethnicities are standing before the throne of God and they're being judged for their unbelief and cast into the lake of fire. Believers in Jesus Christ are not there. Now, there's another judgment called the judgment seat of Christ, mentioned several times in the New Testament. And this is not about judging a, a follower of Jesus as to whether or not you're in or you're out or whether you're a true believer or not a true believer. No, it's assumed you're, you're a believer in Christ. This is a reward ceremony, okay? This, this, is, this is all about looking into the fruit basket, 
and seeing what kind of fruit you've produced in your life. And the Apostle Paul uses a little bit different analogy in his letter to the Corinthians. He says, he says all of our works will be tested at the judgment seat of Christ, and, and some will, will be found to be gold, silver, and precious stone that will last forever, and we will be rewarded in heaven. Others will be, will be burned up like wood, hay, and stubble. And, and I think the reference here in verse 6 in John chapter 15 to the branches being gathered and thrown into the fire and burned is more about the judgment seat of Christ and the loss of rewards than it is a loss of salvation. In other words, if you show up, I'm switching the analogy again, you show up with a, a basket, an empty basket or a basket of dried and withered up fruit, oh, you, you, you get into heaven. There's no question about that. You're a, you're a member of the family of God. But as far as eternal rewards, they're lost. They're lost. So the secret to abiding, the secret to uh, this abundance, rather, is abiding. And the secret to abiding, this is the next principle, the secret to abiding is obeying. You were created for abundance. The secret to abundance is abiding, remaining intimately connected with Jesus and in fellowship with him so that he produces the fruit through you. But the secret to that abiding is obeying. Look at it in John 15 and verse 10. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. No, keeping the commandments of God will not birth you into the family of God. That's not how you're saved. That's not how you become part of the family of God. But once you're part of the family of God, yes, Keeping his commandments and obeying him and walking in obedience to him is, is vitally important. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Now, you remember King Saul in the Old Testament? King Saul learned kind of the hard way the importance of obedience. Uh, he, he went with his armies and he defeated the Amalekites, just as the Lord told him to do. But the Lord gave him very specific instructions about not just defeating the Amalekites, but wiping them out entirely. Don't take any plunder to yourself, the Lord said to Saul. But Saul thought better than the Lord, and he decided to take some of the plunder, including some of the, the sheep and the, the livestock. And that's when the prophet Samuel showed up. And Samuel says, uh, what, what is that sound of of bleeding and, and uh, uh, the sound of the sheep in the background there. And Saul says, well, you know, we went and defeated the Amalekites, and this, this, is, some of the, this is some of the plunder that we bought back, but, but I sacrificed some of these on an altar to the Lord. <laughs> and that's when Samuel just looked at Saul and said, listen, to obey is better than sacrifice. You remember singing the old hymn in church, trust and obey, for there's no better way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Let me just tweak that a little bit. Trust and obey, for there's no better way to be fruitful in Jesus but to trust and obey. The secret to abundance is abiding. The secret to abiding is obeying. Uh, there's another uh, phrase that makes us think a little bit, maybe a warning that Jesus gives us. Found in uh, verses 2 and 3, Jesus says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit... He takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And then he says to his disciples, already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. What does he mean by this? 
Well, there's a, a rather unfortunate translation where it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Again, that, that, that phrase, takes away, unfortunate translation, really should be he lifts up. That's a better translation. But the taking away leads some to think, we're talking about taking you know, your salvation away and losing your salvation. Uh, th- this is where it helps to, to dive into the world of horticulture a little bit and understand what a, a vineyard owner or a vine dresser understands. Bruce Wilkinson uh, has written many, many books, and, and he, he wrote one that was related to John chapter 15, and he talks about a conversation he had with a vineyard owner in Northern California in the Napa Valley. And they were talking about this, this very portion of Jesus' dialogue here and, and what happens when you have a, a branch that is, that is producing no fruit. And in the course of that conversation, the vineyard owner said, new branches, listen to this, new branches have a tendency to trail down and grow along the ground, but they don't bear fruit down there. When the branches grow along the ground, the leaves get coated in dust. When it rains, they get muddy and mildewed, and the branch becomes sick and useless. And that's when Wilkerson said to the vineyard owner, he says, oh, is, is, is that when you cut it off and throw it away? And the vineyard owner said, no, not at all. The the branches are too valuable for that. He says, we go through the vineyard, listen to this, with a bucket of water looking for those branches, and we lift them up, and then we wash them off. We wash the dirt off the leaves and off the branches. And he says, that's how we bring a branch that is not producing any fruit into a a healthier state. And so Wilkinson... uh, Reflecting on that dialogue and that conversation with the vineyard owner says this, for the Christian sin is like dirt covering grape leaves. Air and light can't get in. The branch languishes and no fruit develops. How does our vine dresser lift us from mud and misery? How does he move our branch from barren to beautiful so we can start filling up our basket? He says, if necessary, he will use painful measures to bring you to repentance. His purpose is to cleanse you and free you of your sins so you can live a more abundant life for his glory. And start, part of that uh, painful process might be uh, the pruning of the branch and of the vine there. Isn't that what Jesus says here when he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, he lifts up, and every branch that does not bear fruit He prunes. He prunes it. You may be going through a time of pruning right now because he he wants to produce more fruit in you and one day much fruit. And then Jesus says, already, he says to his disciples, you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. It's a beautiful picture of how the vine dresser comes along and lifts these these dirty, uh, dusty leaves and and branches and and washes them with the Word of God that cleanses us from all sin. You see the picture there? Dr. Ron Jones will be right back with the second half of today's message, The True Vine. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to find out more about the ministry, to ask our ministry team to pray for you, or to order selected resources from our online store. Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway, 
with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, they include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets, then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, and we finish up with the general epistles and Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. Uh, what I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. Now, that's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. Uh, my hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. Well, God has made two promises to all those who choose to abide in Christ. And Ron shares them with us next. Let's join him now for the rest of today's message, The True Vine. So you were created for abundance. The secret to abundance is abiding. The secret to abiding is obeying. Finally, the secret to obeying is loving. 
And Jesus said in verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Abide in my love. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Hey, do you love Jesus this morning? Do you love him enough to do what he tells you to do, to obey his commandments? Because Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And the opposite is true as well. If you're not keeping my commandments, then you don't love me. We need to work on the love thing. Because the secret to abiding, or rather the secret to abundance is abiding. The secret to abiding is obeying. The secret to obeying is loving, is falling in love with Jesus. So you do what he asks you to do. Because if you love him, you'll obey him. If you obey him, you'll abide in him. If you abide in him, you'll fulfill the abundance that you, for which you were created. Pretty simple stuff, isn't it? At least the progression of it. I don't have a lot of time to talk about um, two other things that come to the person who abides in Christ, but let me just touch on two promises that Jesus gives in this little discourse. The promise of abiding is answered prayer. Listen to this in verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Wow. <laughs> Could that be the secret to answered prayer? It has something to do with us abiding as branches in the vine. And then another promise is that of greater joy. He says in verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be filled. Have you lost the joy of your salvation? Uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength, the Bible says. Have, have you lost that? And you're going into the season of the year where we sing joy to the world and all that, but it's just kind of mouthing the words and the joy is gone. Well, maybe it has something to do with you were created for abundance and the secret to abundance is abiding. And the secret to abiding is obeying, and the secret to obeying is loving. If you love him, you'll obey him. If you obey him, you'll abide in him. If you abide in him, you'll produce much fruit. And this thing called the Christian life becomes so much easier because we're just in step and in stride with the one who said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, and you are the branches, and apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, I don't know about you, but I want to be that basket full of an overflowing harvest of spiritual fruit. And I've tried, I've tried to, you know, rely upon my experience and my education and my know-how and my pull myself up from my own bootstraps and my, my, my can-do attitude. And every time I just get frustrated and tired and worn out trying to live the Christian life. And it's really supposed to be much easier than that because as a branch, all you have to do is remain intimately connected to the vine, and the vine does the rest of it. It's not about trying harder. It's about abiding more, more and more every day. And what I've found, friends, is that's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment experience whereby I have to say yes to the Spirit of God and no to the flesh because the flesh keeps pulling me in a direction that says, come on, you're, you're gifted, you're capable, you're experienced, you got all these resources, you can do it. No, <laughs> Jesus says, apart from me, if you want to produce anything of eternal value, 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. So just, just rest in me, abide in me as a branch remains connected to the vine. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, the secret to abundance is abiding. The secret to abiding is obeying. The secret to obeying is loving. And maybe you just need to come back to that place where you first fell in love with Jesus and just, just revisit some of that. Remember in the uh, book of Revelation, Jesus wrote some letters to several churches. One of them was a church at Ephesus. And this was a church that fell out of love with Jesus. And he told them to do three things. Repent. <laughs> Remember from where you have fallen, he says. Then repent. And then go redo what you did at first. Remember how far you've fallen out of love with Jesus. Get a grasp of that. Go back to that place uh, and repent. Turn around, do a 180. And then redo those things that you first did when you fell in love with Jesus. Because if you love him, you'll obey him. If you obey him, you'll abide in him. And if you abide in him, he'll produce an abundance of fruit. Not only in you individually and in me, but across this church as well. And he's looking inside the walls of this church and he's wanting to see a, a bountiful, uh, fruitful basket of soul winning and good works that glorify God and spiritual character that transforms us from the inside out. That's the kind of fruit that glorifies God. It's the kind of fruit that never goes out of season or out of style or spoils in any kind of way. And it's the kind of fruit when you one day stand before him with your basket, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The secret to abiding in Christ, and with it the promises of abundance, joy, and answered prayer, is walking in obedience. Ron, from your message today, the final message in your teaching series, Why Jesus, it's clear there is a direct link between obedience and the outpouring of God's joy and abundance in our lives. So, is it true that disobedience can rob us of that joy? You know, Brian, whenever I hear that question, I think back to the story of the prodigal son, how he took his inheritance and left his father's house. Uh, initially, I imagine he still had joy because I, I don't think it's something a person can lose overnight. But slowly, over time, his money and his joy ran out. Uh, he was still his father's son. The relationship was intact, but fellowship was broken. And there are other examples in Scripture. Uh, think of Abraham, of the Israelites, of King David. Each time they disobeyed, there was a delay in God's promise. And for King David specifically, there was a significant loss of the level of joy he had. He even asked God in Psalm 51 to return the joy of his salvation to him. Now, I don't want to be too negative with this answer or come across too harshly. We're all human. We all make mistakes. We all walk in disobedience from time to time. But I do think it's important to know that if a sin pattern persists, there will be some painful consequences. The good news is God is so patient and merciful to us that he stands ready to bless us all over again the moment we return to the Father's house. But I encourage anyone who may be walking in disobedience uh, don't wait a moment longer before you start walking home. And I promise you, God will run out to meet you. But to delay that beautiful scene, to continue walking in disobedience, 
will only take you further away from the abundant, joyful life God longs to give to you. Wise words from Dr. Ron Jones on the difference between our relationship with God and our fellowship with God. Now, Ron, I've heard you talk before about this next series, and I know you're looking forward to it. What can you tell us about where you're headed next time here on Something Good Radio? Well, I got to tell you, Brian, I'm really excited about the series we have in store because we'll be talking about how to implement biblical wisdom in every area of our lives, how to make wise choices when choosing our friends, how to be wise when it comes to marriage and sex, and yes, even a message or two about how to be wise with money. Uh, The series, of course, is from the book of Proverbs, written by King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived other than Jesus Christ. And Brian, this is a series you won't want to miss, and I can't wait to get started. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones begins his teaching series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.